0: Welcome to the CapTech podcast with President Sims. I'm president of the Capital Technology University. We're a small, private, nonprofit, fully accredited university located in Laurel, Maryland, focused on building and enhancing careers for industry and demand areas. We have been in business since 1927 and focus on STEM or management of STEM degrees at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Today, we have Joe Billingsley. He is the founder of the Military Cyber Professionals Association. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Joe, could you provide us a little bit of a background on what, uh, where you've been and what you've done?
1: Sure. Um, as you mentioned, uh, I'm the founder of the Military Cyber Professionals Association. Um, and that was a, a nonprofit um, that I founded back in... 2012-2013, when I was a student over at the Naval Postgraduate School, um, at the time I was an active duty Army officer um, in a program uh, focused on cyber operations, and uh, and I had the opportunity through my uh, through my graduate research there to to really think outside the box about ways for us to do a, a better job in the military cyber community. So I. Uh, with a lot of help from, from a lot of different folks across the community and beyond, um, developed the concept for this organization. Uh, it does so many great things, uh, which uh, I know we'll get into to plenty of details about here shortly, um, but a little bit more on the background. Uh, as mentioned, uh, I, I used to be in the army. Uh, I served in a number of different uh, roles, mostly overseas. Um, having to do with uh, IT and intelligence and and cyber and strategy and policy. I was uh, formerly a Functionary 59 strategist, uh, also a cyber operations officer. Um, These days I I spend uh, all of my time in uh, in, in and around academia. Uh, My full-time job is actually over at the National Defense University College of Information and Cyberspace, which is our, our nation's cyber war college. Um, Additionally, I teach part-time, currently over at the uh, Institute of World Politics, uh, where I also serve as a cyber intelligence advisor. Um, Previously taught um, adjunct at George Washington University, um, help with with different projects that arise out there. uh, Most recently um, with the University of New Haven standing up their Connecticut Institute of Technology. Um, tomorrow afternoon, you are recording for a panel for DEFCON, uh, really doing a lot of things all over the place. And, um, and you know, standard disclaimer for, for folks, uh, I'm, right now I'm speaking as myself, um, and not for any particular organization.
0: You have a lot of uh, irons in the fire, that's for sure. And uh, Capital Tech, we're, the, uh, we're one of the sponsors of the Aerospace Village for DEFCON. And we created the badge that you can get from Aerospace Village, which is pretty exciting. You should check that out if you haven't.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I actually had the honor of uh, of meeting one of your superstar team members, Dr. Bill Butler, uh, at Defcon uh, a few years back, um, and spent time at the at the CapTech uh, booth there. And I mean, even before that, you know, hearing of the work that you guys do, um, it's really inspiring uh, it really provides so much value to, to so many folks out there and both you know with the mcpa the military cyber professionals association and also with the, the mdu um, you know partnerships with your school um, you know and and really just uh so much appreciation uh by myself uh, for you know from the organizations from uh, from so many people out there your generosity and, uh, and how responsive you are, and, and also the discounts that you provide folks out there um, to, to really get the, the type of cyber-related higher education that they need to, to, to really do a great job in today's industry and also in the government.
0: Yeah, Capital Tech is one of the first schools to have um, an online Masters of Information Assurance before the 9-11 event, and that actually mm-hmm really launched large number of students after a 9-11. And and of course, you know, Capital Tech, we do lots of areas, but in the cyber area, since we've been so successful this past year, we were awarded um, NSA's uh, uh, grant area for being the Northeast hub for cybersecurity for all the universities. So, and uh, Dr. Butler, who you mentioned was SC Media's Educator of the Year Award for that, and the and the program was last year's SC Media's award winner. So cybersecurity is certainly something we we strongly support and do here in this area. Um, and your Military Cyber Professionals Association, maybe you could cover how you decided to put that together and, and the intent. And I know you do. You have have a magazine. You have journals. You're going to have an upcoming HammerCon conference next year? Maybe you want to go through the details of, of all that kind of background to where you're going to go with it in the future.
1: Sure. Um, so really the, uh, the, the motivator for me was um, being out there, you know, serving overseas, including in Iraq and, and at sea and working with folks really across the defense community and realizing that we have a lot of work to do on ourselves uh, to, to do a lot better than, than we are doing. And, you know, that's not a problem unique to the Department of Defense, um, obviously, that, you know, everybody's getting hacked all over the place in the public sector and the private sector and uh, all kinds of different agencies. So I, uh, I scoped it to the, to the defense community um, and, and the U.S. military, uh, just because of, you know, for, for, I guess you could say cultural reasons, and also uh, policy and, and legal reasons. There, there's a number of regulations, um, like you know, uh, uh, ethics regulations and, and policies that apply to the Department of Defense that may not apply to other organizations. Um, there is also you know, the, uh, the um, profession of arms, um, brotherhood, and sisterhood, if you will. Um, and an uh, esprit de corps, a type of uh, community and trust that, that we have in each other as, as teammates um, and the military and the defense community. So really deciding to, to focus my efforts on, on helping us to do, do better there. Um, and decided to take the approach of, of really um, embedding the different programs of this organization um, in the different incentive structures to, to kind of hit different audiences. Um, for example, you mentioned that we have a journal. We do have a, a proper peer-reviewed journal called Military Cyber Affairs um, that is intended to target the, uh, the PhD community, the, the graduate uh, researchers um, out there and, and others, um, but you know professional researchers to, to really um, uh, galvanize and, and, and incentivize more brain power um, being applied to, to these mission areas. And you know in the publisher parish, uh, type of environment that uh, a lot of faculty members and researchers find themselves in um, out there, you know, providing a, uh, a peer review journal like this, um, you know, specialized specifically focused on military cyber affairs um, is, you know, a, a really, really tidy thing to do for for folks who, who are in that community. And that community is growing, you know, not only folks in the uh, and uh, you know, cyber teams uh, across the, uh, the the military services, but of course, even in academia, you have you know up at West Point, you have the Army Cyber Institute. Um, over where I work at National Defense University in College of Information and Cyberspace, and you know, you also have a lot of uh, now senior military colleges out there um, like VMI and the Citadel who have established cyber institutes at, at their schools as well. So. The, uh, the overlap of military and cyber and academia um, has been steadily growing throughout the years. So having a peer review journal like that really is a, a great thing. Um, shortly after establishing the journal, um, we were getting a lot of articles that didn't have the, the level of, of rigor and feel uh, appropriate for the type of peer review journal that we were establishing but we're still very valuable pieces of feedback um, that, that should be read and should be heard um, from you know, folks at, across the field. So what we decided to do was organize a magazine um, so we could publish those articles uh, with a lot more flexibility. Um, and that's, uh, that, that's been a really great uh, program uh, to complement the, uh, the efforts uh, from, from the journal. So the the journal uh, we typically, on average, publish about one article a year, um, but it, it really depends on how busy folks are out there uh, across the community. Um, the magazine we we publish uh, um, articles on a rolling basis individually on our website milciby.org, and um, and then about once a year we consolidate consolidate those articles into a hard copy, um, and you know distribute those at, at events and and such. Um, you know, speaking of events, uh, a, a really um, important piece of collaboration between uh, the Military Cyber Professional Association and uh, CapTech is, of course, uh, HammerCon, uh, which is the uh, the MCPA's national convention. Uh, we had our plans to to do our our big uh, kickoff uh, inaugural uh, convention uh, at CapTech, uh, and had everything locked in and ready um for last year but then everybody here knows what uh, what happened last year uh with the pandemic and and we had to pivot so currently we uh, we're planning to to do that next year uh we have really wanted it to be something really memorable uh something that uh that is really going to to help folks connect with each other and, and learn a lot and have a lot of fun too so at some point uh, over the coming months, you'll see calls for presentations and calls for, for papers. Um, there is gonna be a capture the flag event. We uh, we had the Hacker Jeopardy uh, uh, of, um, activity lined up. Uh, we'll be having a scholarship. Um, so check back at the website uh, for additional details as those come out. Um, I know one, uh, one of the tracks that, that we're planning is actually focused on more scholarly research, um, and we'll have uh, proceedings associated with it published through through our journal as well, um, which uh, which again is, is really exciting uh, uh, publication opportunity for those in in academia in particular. Um, and you know the, these aren't just uh, uh, pieces of research that get published and don't go anywhere. Um, our readership um, is really. Um, really well-connected and, and re- well-placed within the, uh, the national security community. Um, there are a number of examples uh, from articles from both from our magazine and our journal uh, that have uh, directly shaped um, policy outcomes in the real world. Um, one in particular um, off the top is the, uh, the exposing of, uh, of BGP hijacking um, that I encourage anybody to to go take a look at um, on our website. Um, some of the other um, <clears throat> programs that uh, that the MCPA has is uh, is a recognition program, which is centered around the the medal that's awarded to be what the bronze, silver, and gold level, the Order of Thor, and that's a, that's something more from the uh, the army culture. Uh, where there are aligned associations like ours that you know, focus on supporting a particular part of the community uh, like the Signal Corps or the infantry or the military police or military intelligence and so on and so forth. So with, um, with the MCPA actually predating the establishment of the Army Cyber Branch and, and many other um, military uh, cyber specializations, um really advocating for for the establishment of of those uh, communities and specializations. Um, we leaned forward and uh, and established that uh, that medal to to serve as a way to to recognize excellence and again, incentivize excellence in doing the right thing uh, really across the uh, the military cyber community. Um, and that that's been a, a really great thing out there. Um we also do all kinds of different events. Um, you know when there's not a global pandemic, um, we have different chapter level events. Uh, some of our, our active chapters we currently have are out in Colorado and Texas and, and Tampa, um, and New England region, uh, which grew out of the uh, the Boston area. A lot of uh, reserve and, and National Guard folks up there actually doing a lot of great things. Um, the Fort Meade area, of course, and, uh, and, and the National Capital region, more focused on, on D.C. and the uh, and Northern Virginia. Um, Another big part of the organization is the focus on STEM. So the mission of the organization is to develop the American military cyber professional and invest in the the nation's future through STEM education. Um, And originally that was was mostly focused on K through 12, although we've uh, expanded it out and, and done a lot of work now um, at colleges and, and universities across the country um, most uh, most recently was actually a point of collaboration with the um, the Connecticut Institute of technology and the office of Naval research with um, with the uh, the cores program the cyber operative uh, research uh, program which uh, which they had put together up there and uh, uh, really a lot of great uh, and useful research that that came out of that
0: Yes, we had uh, uh, Bill Butler uh, earlier on, I think, uh, during 2020, do one of the luncheons, and now we have uh, our Dean of Doctoral Program scheduled soon. He has a background in the aviation and automotive industry, and he understands cybersecurity as well, so he should be interesting, Uh, Ian McAndrew, when he comes online in a couple weeks. So we're looking forward to that. So... I guess one last question we can finish up. What's the future with the the area of cybersecurity? What do you see if the, you're looking at the twenty thousand foot view? What what's your advice to either people coming into the industry or maybe they're changing career focus to the industry? What's needed out there by industry? I know a lot. Of, I know there's a lot needed out there by industry based on all of our students are, are completely getting jobs way before they graduate from the university's perspective. And, and from what I hear in the whole region, there's just not enough people involved in cybersecurity to fill all the demands. So what does it look like in the future, five, five years out from now? <laughs>
1: uh, five years out from now, my, uh, my prediction is that there's, there's still going to be an extremely high demand for anybody with uh, STEM-related education. Um, even more so if, uh, if you have some experience with that as well. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in the world of all things cyber, in particular, cybersecurity, uh, of course, you know, the headlines every single day about different organizations being hacked, uh, increasingly bigger hacks. Unfortunately, I don't think that that problem is going to be resolved anytime soon. So things are going to get worse before they get better, which is, you know, the way that history typically works, unfortunately. Um, there has to be a, a, a great deal of pain uh, before serious um, action is taken to uh, to address uh, uh, root, root causes of, of problems. And, and the problem with cybersecurity, in my opinion, uh, part of that root cause is the lack of STEM education in the United States. Uh, we need more people who can be qualified uh, for security clearances from the government. We need more people who are not going to be um, um, sharing the, the secret ingredients, uh, if you will, of whatever technology company that they're working at or university that they're working at um, with some foreign government. Um, and, um, and yeah, there, there's really just a, a lot of work to be done there. Um, to, to not leave it all in doom and gloom, I am also hopeful um, strategically, about the work done by by very forward uh, forward-looking people um, who have found their way to D.C. Um, you know the uh, the U.S. Cyber Solarium Commission, uh, led by um, one of the M.C.P.A. Board of Advisor members, uh, retired Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery. Um, the work that they have been leading um, in close collaboration with. Um, the legislature, uh, the uh, uh, Congress, um, and also, you know, different parts of, of the federal government and all um, is really encouraging um, because we are moving in the right direction from a, a truly uh, strategic national perspective. Um, but that is is many years to go before, you know, the the fruits of that are, are really going to be seen and felt in, in very real ways. In, in the, uh, the focus on STEM uh, really can be seen across uh, all of our different programs and really encouraging particularly young people uh, to get seriously involved, whether it's you know, with computer programming um, or you know, the, the hard sciences um, like physics and all and mathematics as well. Um, that, that's really you know, how we're going to, to get ourselves right long-term as a nation whether people decide to go into the military or government service or, or private sector and industry, um, we just need to invest collectively. We in the United States need to invest a lot more effort in getting our young people serious about STEM education. And that's another reason why I love what CapTech is doing. Um, really, everything that you guys are about is uh, is STEM. And that was a big part of why we uh, we reached out to you um, you know, for our, our national convention, uh, just because you guys are, are a shining example of, of what more schools should be doing in my opinion.
0: Well, STEM certainly is a uh, needed field area or degree area or industry demand area. There's so many things in STEM or management in STEM that you can be successful in. As a matter of fact, just this uh, fall for our, undergraduate students on campus or transfer students who have two years left on campus, we started an additional scholarship that guarantees you a minimum salary of $50,000 a year upon graduation. Otherwise, you will have your loans or, and your parents' loans repaid every quarter because uh, we know you're going to get a career in the STEM area that pays more than $50,000. It's a scholarship that we're offering to students starting this fall, so we're we're pretty proud of that as
1: well. That's awesome.
0: In the uh, and talking a little bit about the uh, career areas from the from your perspective too, um, what's the importance of either you know getting a degree, bachelor's, master's, or doctorate, or or certifications in these technical areas? What's the value behind that? Is it worth your investment? Um, are advanced degrees needed? Can you kind of cover from your perspective, what do you think about this educational uh, demand? Or are you just going to take certifications and, and that's all you need? Because, you know, there's a mix out there, obviously, of career opportunities. And uh, here at Capital, we we give credit for a lot of certifications because we do value the certifications as well. And, and actually this year we started giving uh, credit, elective credit for apprenticeship programs because we understand a lot of those are are certainly important skill sets that can be brought in for credit.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I think it—you know—it depends on the individual interests and goals of, of the person who's pursuing these things, um, and really to have the right mix that really ultimately demonstrates understanding. Um, whether that is a certification or a degree. Or experience on, on, on the job uh, uh, learning, um, you know, a, a nice mix. Um, I would say is is the optimal situation because you, you get different things from 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 each from each of those uh, different you know kind of uh, validation uh, um, uh, opportunities there, if you will. I mean, a lot of times the certifications kind of you know are, are tests that that prove that that you know something in particular. Um, You know, in educational degrees, um, really learning more, uh, I would say at a deeper level to to really understand um, how things are working and and how to think about uh, uh, certain technologies, um, which to me is is more uh, widely applicable, um, where, you know, if you understand something from uh, technologies, really from the physics level up up, uh, you know, from, from there to electrical engineering and, you know, into computer science and, and other things. I mean, you will not be surprised very often uh, with how something might get hacked um, or, you know, blind spots that, that other people might have uh, when you're talking about cybersecurity uh, uh, type of stuff. Um, but really the the value of, of a degree um, to me really demonstrates that you have invested. You, you've taken really seriously uh, these uh, these topic areas, um, and demonstrated that you're interested in it really long term. So any potential employer, uh, if I were them, would would see that as somebody who I want to bring on my team, uh, who I can feel comfortable investing in long term myself as well. Um, that's one of the benefits of. Um, of course, when you get to, to the higher levels of the graduate level and, and particularly the PhD level getting more into, of course, the PhD is philosophy uh, and you know, getting at the more uh, theoretical aspect of things. There's so much work to be done there because we, we really don't have enough understanding of a lot of the, uh, the, the relatively new dynamics that are always being introduced um, into the world with new technologies. I mean, social media, the takeoff of social media, uh, really not all that long ago um, has, uh, has changed the way that we communicate with each other and the way that uh, uh, politics happen. I mean, there is a lot of, of uh, research to be done for us uh, as a world to really understand these things better and develop better theoretical uh, frameworks uh, so we can uh, you know, use those to, to move forward.
0: And there's a lot of uh, great career opportunities out there for any of this. Um, Absolutely. From, um, if I'm a member of the Military Cyber Professionals Association and I'm active duty, uh, does it have opportunities for an active duty person in transitioning out of the military into the private sector? Can, is it a good association to be member, a member of to help you with that transition if you want to uh, move into the private sector?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we have uh, so many times uh, heard after the fact of folks who, you know, found their awesome job at an MCPA event. And, uh, you know, so our, our events really are designed in certain ways, uh, going back to, to STEM and science, um, based on some insights from the from social sciences, um, in particular there's uh, there's this one theory that, that I leverage quite a bit um, in how I design uh, events for the MCPA and other organizations which is granovetters strength of weak ties um, and how you find opportunities uh, uh, really valuable opportunities most often from those who, who you know you don't have um, a very close relationship with but somebody who, who you meet um, you know at a meeting like this um, Kind of in passing, um, with the assumption that those who you know well, you all pretty much know about the same opportunities. But if you're going to find out about some new, exciting opportunity uh, that really nobody else in your circles know about, you're going to find that from somebody who you you kind of just met or, or you know from from some other clique, if you will. Um, but yeah, we have uh, we have folks who are are very well placed uh, from the foxhole to the White House. Um, and everywhere in between in Silicon Valley, New York City, Texas, i mean, all, really all over the place um, at all different uh, rank levels. Our, our Board of Advisors, um, of course, includes uh, great minds like yourself, uh, President Sims, um, and, you know, all the way up to, to four-star generals and, and, and across the board. So, you know, for those who are looking for mentorship and, and networking, uh, whether they're on active duty. Uh, in the military, or or they're transitioning. It's a it's really a great opportunity, and it's it's free to join for those uh, who are currently <clears throat> in government, uh, both at the federal and state level. So uh, focused on the National Guard there on the state level, but um, you know federal employees, whether they're uniformed or civilian, and also honorably discharged veterans. So um, that's a that's one way that that we demonstrate um, our genuine interest and in, in loyalty. Uh, and focus on on what's good for this particular community.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. You certainly have you know a great pool of of board members. It's great diversity from across many segments. Um, great diversity on it. It's it's impressive group of folks that are the board, let alone the membership. And I'm assuming that if you're involved with the K through 12 STEM education that uh, somebody could send uh, you an email and learn more if they want to do something with one of the k through 12 you know uh, events that you might want to participate or maybe they need a speaker or something like that
1: oh sure um, again before the uh, the pandemic uh, we would do stuff like that quite a bit mostly focused on the on the chapter level so really across the country um, so anybody who's uh, who's Potentially interested in reaching out to us um, and getting, you know, speakers or, or support. Um, you can go take a look on our website, millcyber.org, and and see if there's a chapter in your area, um, and 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 we can take it from there. You can also um, contact support at millcibrew.org, and we'll we'll route the request uh, appropriately. Um, actually, one one really great example of of doing that exact kind of work is the. Um, the Cyber Patriot program, which is all focused on K through 12 uh, STEM education, which is a, a program of our partners over at the Air Force Association. Um, really an amazing uh, program across the entire country. Um, they don't discriminate uh, uh, just because they' they're you know from the Air Force Association. Uh, they really um, embrace uh, uh, everybody across the country at the K through 12 level um, who's interested in, uh, in, in STEM, particularly cyber security education. It's a, it's a really great uh, competition that they do. And, and we have a number of members who are our coaches and, and, uh, and really support their, the local teams in their local community. So that, that's just a really perfect and well-established program for folks to just plug into um, without having to uh, kind of recreate the wheel and, and invest a lot of effort into the overhead that would go into to building a, a new project.
0: Yes, next summer we're very excited here at Capital Tech to host your first national conference, HammerCon. Mm-hmm. So summer 2022, uh, maybe you can cover what you see that that will envision being at the conference. Um, our location here, of course, is between Baltimore and DC, right off the Parkway, and you uh, know it's availability for several hundred people to attend uh, and maybe we'll have a combination of both in-person and stream as well. So if you could kind of give us a highlight of what's coming up.
1: Sure, sure. I think, um, you know, as we've, uh, as everybody has uh, pivoted um, to still, you know, do their missions throughout the pandemic, I, I think the streaming option is definitely something that that we're gonna be including. Um, and, uh, and, you know, but still wanting to have that, um, that critical mass of, of people there in person as well, um, because I, I really do think that, that there really is no, no replacing that as far as the, the richness of the interactions um, and the opportunity for just, you know, connections to occur um, that are unplanned and, and unscripted, and, and I think for folks to, to really have a lot of fun there. Um, that actually reminds me of, of one of our other programs. Um, so, at, in response to uh, us having to postpone HammerCon because of the pandemic, we established a program called the Lunch, uh, the Lockdown Luncheon Line, or a 3L, and it's been going weekly uh, for the past 60, I think, four or 65 weeks now. Um, our Chief Operating Officer, uh, Christine Billingsley, she uh, she runs that. Uh, very, very well. And there's been a, a such tremendous speakers every single week, um, every Tuesday at, at 12 noon Eastern uh, for an hour. Um, and it's, it's such a great opportunity for folks to learn. And I'm really looking forward to the fact that we've just scheduled uh, a number of, uh, of speakers from CapTech uh, as well. Uh, over the coming months, I know we we've had uh, uh, speakers from the school before, but you know really ramping up um, uh, with our partners over at Captech to, to really get that exposure about a lot of the work and, and insights that that you guys are developing there, um, you know in the classroom and and with your research. Again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of captech and, and and really glad that we're able to to get this feedback loop going to share some of your work and and insights with the the broader community.
0: Well, thank you, Joe, for being on today's CapTech
1: podcast. Appreciate
0: your time today.
1: No, thank you very much, Dr. Simms.
0: And the listeners can find you on LinkedIn, Joe Billensley. You can find him on LinkedIn and and connect with him. You can find out more about the Military Cyber Professionals Association on milcyber.org and I hope you look them up because they are a great group and you wanna participate with them if you can. Um, and Capital Tech, we're here pretty close to uh, the, where the, where the association is located, probably about 10 miles, so we're not too far away. But if you have time and you're in this area of the country between Baltimore and DC, stop by Capital Technology University, we're happy to meet with you. You can check us out online at captechu.edu And thank you for tuning in to today's podcast.